This is Solidarity News on Radio Labour. This is a Radio Labour World Report recorded on Friday, October 14th, 2022. I'm Mark Boulanger. In the report this week, mentoring young women unionists in southern Africa, the ILO's new director general, the Labour Start report about union events and singing... This is Radio Labour. Young women trade unionists in Southern Africa are participating in a unique mentoring program conducted by Uni Global Union. Uni represents 20 million union members working in the skills and services sector in 150 countries. I talked to Veronica Fernandez-Mendez about Uni's mentoring program. Ms. Fernandez-Mendez is the head of the Global Union's Equal Opportunities Department. In our conversation, she mentions STEM, S-T-E-M, which is an acronym for Science, Technology, Engineering, and Math. I asked her to describe Uni's mentoring program. The Uni mentoring program is a program that was designed under our That's Why campaign, which aims at inspiring women through role models to join the trade union movement. The program has a very simple but effective approach, which is to peer a young woman under 35 years old, which is the oldest age to be considered uni youth, who is a new or has a less experience in the trade union, with a more experienced trade union leader. For three years, they work together in designing, planning, and carrying out activities. Through job shadowing and additional training, women build essential skills for the trade union, such as communication, leadership, negotiation, and uh, most importantly, they do it in a supportive environment that allows them to build their own self-confidence and find their own strength. The program creates an intergenerational bridge that strengthens the fiber of the unions and provides support for women who are joining the movement. In order to follow up on the progress of the tandems, all tandems are required to present a report on activities every three months with all the information collected, the coordinators of the program creates a consolidated report to share with all other tandems participated in the program and give a feedback to each tandem. Our Southern Africa program was carried out with participants from Namibia, Botswana and South Africa. A mentoring session was held in Johannesburg recently. What unions were involved How many participants were there and what kind of activities did they do? Yes, we recently had our closing workshop for Southern Africa with 32 participants from South African unions such as Sakawu and Sasebo. During our workshop, we focused on training our participants on how to coordinate their own mentoring programs in the unions 
as well as special sessions on communication and negotiation. Our trainings focus on providing a, a framework with information, but we give particular emphasis on learning through fun activities that engage the participants inside their creative thinking and develop the problem-solving skills. We are very proud to have our sister Patricia Neyman from Sakaru, South Africa, as a mentor, who is also the Uni World Women's President and the Uni Africa Women's President. Patricia is not only a great and humble mentor, but also she's an incredible militant. We are very lucky to have her at Uni Women. Uni's mentoring program is a global one. How long has the program been operating? And what other countries have been involved in the program? The mentoring program is a global program that is about to celebrate its 10th year anniversary. We are super happy and excited about this as it has allowed us to reach out to more than 1,200 women in over 56 countries around the world. This year alone, we have carried out workshops for South Asia, in Pakistan, India, Bangladesh, and Sri Lanka, South East Asia, Thailand, Vietnam, Indonesia, Malaysia, and Philippines, Eastern Africa with Rwanda, Uganda, Kenya, and Tanzania, then in Nepal, Colombia, and Peru. And we had a special program we are rolling out for women in STEM careers. This pilot program was launched in, in Argentina, for Argentina and Brazil, and we have also introduced this program in the youth agenda, and it's currently present as in Central Europe, Poland, and Czech Republic, Western Africa, Ghana, Nigeria, and in the Americas, also in Colombia and Peru. When we began back in 2013 with this program, we could not have imagined what a game changer it could be. Not only have we managed to reach out the women all over the world, building their skills and strengthening the work of trade unions, but we have helped more than 10% of all of our mentees participants reach leadership positions. It has also helped UNI meet its goal of more than 40% of women's representation in decision-making structures, making our organization a leader in terms of equality and representation. You can find more information about UNI's mentoring program and other activities at uniglobalunion.org. The International Labour Organization has a new director general. The ILO, which is strongly supported by the labor movement, is the specialized agency of the United Nations focused on matters of work in the world. It is the organization which helps define what decent work in the world should be with international treaties called conventions. The new director general is Gilbert Hungbo. Mr. Hungbo, a former prime minister of Togo, is the first African to hold the position. He replaces Guy Ryder, who was the ILO's first unionist to be elected as director general in the organization's 103-year history. Mr. Hungbo was interviewed at the ILO's headquarters in Geneva. Tell us, first of all, why did you want to become director general of the ILO? Oh, that, that, that's a very good, uh, very good question. 
I guess uh, you just need to look at my uh, my own background um, and experience that uh, you will not be uh, surprised. Um, the, the way to put it very short, um, while I grew up in uh, circumstances that are certainly uh, far from being the ideal, um, for me it's okay. What is not okay is that 50 years later, 60 years later, we still have the same um, challenges in a lot of parts. Uh, although the world has made um, great progress, with still a lot of challenges that I find it unacceptable. So the little I could do, I will always, this is really my call for ILO. How, how would you describe the situation of the world of work today? Um, listen, I, I'm a bit concerned, um, particularly um, since uh, the, COVID, uh, the COVID-19, we know the impact that uh, um, we all have uh, experienced. On one hand, you see the positive side, um, the way the, the digitalization of the economy of our society is bringing us um, progress and uh, technological progress and so forth. Then on the other hand, the risk it causes to, it causes to the, to the world of work, um, particularly the informalization of maybe what used to be the formal part of what used to be the formal sector. Um, and yes, we have, uh, um, since 2021, we have uh, a certain degree of um, um, economic uh, bouncing, we're bouncing back from economic uh, standpoint. Um, but we also know that those jobs uh, or working hours that we are um, getting, back, uh, getting back are more um, on the informal um, side, which in itself is a, is a, is a problem. So from that, um, the precarity uh, of the, the recovery is a, a concern. And therefore, the, the, the whole job um, protection um, for me is going to be quite uh, um, important. The current situation has not necessarily uh, make things um, uh, easier. But, you know, we, uh, we have to uh, recognize that this is why ILO was created for. One of the things that is talked about a lot is the increasing divide between rich countries and poor countries and rich areas, both, so it's both within countries and between countries. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, this growth in inequality seems to be increasing. What can we do to tackle that? Um, um, as you will, uh, you may you may have noticed, uh, inequality has been one of the major points that I was pushing for during the campaign on on, on that. And um, of course, the the different you need to unpack the whole inequality challenges. Um, part of it are within our mandate in uh, ILO mandate, but part of it is uh, goes also beyond um, ILO. And that being said. Um, is going without saying that um, through the whole tripartite approach, we, we need, for me, it goes back to the push for a better social justice. Here with his report about union events is Labour Start correspondent Derek Blackadder. This week, our top story section included links to coverage of the woman worker from Myanmar who won a prestigious Building Workers International Award this week. We also carried news of the workers who have struck to show their support for ongoing protests against the Iranian regime and how global unions have responded to the news that many trade union activists are amongst the protesters who have been arrested. And we had coverage of the jailing of a union activist in Madagascar, calls for an end to the civil war by Ethiopian workers, and a new wave of repression being faced by unions in Belarus. 
For our Working Women page, our volunteers found news items about leadership training for women union activists in Iraq and the Canadian early childhood education workers who just won a 30% wage increase. A small sample of the stories appearing on our health and safety page in Newswire this week includes the death of a construction worker in South Africa that is exposing his employer's negligence, the effects on Irish school principles of overwork, and the rise in workplace violence in Turkish hospitals. Our current photo of the week is of Brazilian presidential candidate Lula as he celebrated his lead in the election with members of the Metal Workers Union, which he used to lead. This is Derek Blackadder from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor. Now here is Union Nation with Union Ladies. was produced by the International Association of Machinists, the IAM. And that's it. Labor news you can use. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity.